Welcome to Bible Study. This is Nick Krita, your host. Very happy to be with you again today and thank you for tuning in with us. From a full house, uh, just the other week, uh, with our panel, just a little bit reduced today. And, uh, but we are happy to be here and, um, we'll, yeah, we're happy to excuse also Len for his uh, special day today and I uh, would like to wish a happy wedding anniversary to Len and his dear wife. Also, I would like to wish uh, a very speedy recovery for Lija, who is not that well today and um, uh, looking forward to have you back. But today we are here just uh, a bit reduced today, but Helen, uh, thank you very much for joining us and uh, be here today. Thank you, Nick, and uh, hi to all the listeners. And Ken, also very welcome to this uh, time. Yeah, thank you, Nick. Always great to be here. Uh, always look forward to these days. And Brenton is our facilitator today. Uh, Brenton, thank you for um, putting together uh, this uh, Bible study today and looking forward to see um, you know, what God has uh, in place for each one of us and for our listeners today. Thank you, Nick, and it's always a pleasure to share the Word of God with our listeners, and we're praying that today's message will be a real blessing. All right, then, uh, Brenton, it's all yours. Today we're going to be looking primarily at chapter 8 of Nehemiah. It also fits in with chapter 3 of Ezra, but we're going to primarily focus our attention on chapter 8 of Nehemiah. Nehemiah chapter 8 uh, starts at the time of the Feast of Tabernacles that the Jews were celebrating. Helen, just a quick one. Can you share with us what the Feast of Tabernacles actually meant? Well, I believe it was a time where they met together, they assembled together after they had two other feasts as well, mm. uh, prepared them, and it was a time for them to remember God's deliverance from Egypt and his provision through the, the journey in the wilderness which was very important because they needed to remember what had happened and then later on they will see where they're at and it has a bearing on, on this week's study, mm. a be very big mm. bearing actually. Thank you. Did anyone else have a comment, Nick? As we'll go through the study today, we'll learn that um, the importance of um, some of those festivals and uh, how interesting is that today we are going to talk about the, the reading of the word. And uh, during a special time in the seventh month of uh, uh, the you know uh, Jewish calendar, yes. uh, they were coming together and read uh, read the word of God, uh, the Torah. And yeah, looking forward to see uh, as we go into the Bible study to um, unveil a little bit more of the application of some of mm. those festivals, but most importantly about the importance of knowing the Word of God. Yes, yes. That's very important. Mm. Ken, I wondered if you could read chapter 8, verses 1 to 4 for us, please, of Nehemiah. <laughs> Nehemiah chapter 8. And we're reading from verse 1 uh, through to verse 4. We'll have a look at that. Um, Ken, don't worry about all the names there. Perhaps <laughs> the names are real tongue twisters. <laughs> they certainly are. Okay, reading from the King James Version. And all the people gathered themselves together as one man into the street that was before the water gate. And they spake unto Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law to Moses, which the Lord commanded to Israel. And Ezra the priest brought the law before the congregation both of men and women, and all that could hear with understanding upon the first day of the seventh month. And he read therein before the street that was before the water gate, from the morning until midday, before the men and the women, 
and those that could understand, and the ears of all the people were attentive unto the book of the law. And Ezra the scribe stood upon a pulpit of wood, which they had made for the purpose, and beside him stood Matatithia and Shema and Anaara and Urajah and Hilakiah and Mazasiah, and on his right hand and on his left hand Pidea and Mishael and Machiah and Hasam and Hasabadana and Zechariah and Mishulam. Thank you, Ken. I, I think we need to give Ken a few marks for having read these names because they're real tongue twisters. But I want you to get the, the sense of this. What a solemn occasion this was. The words of their creator are being read to the returned exiles. While it was to be read according to Moses' instructions every seven years, we find that there are only certain times mentioned in the Old Testament where the reading of the law was actually read. And what, and I'll throw this open to the panel, what would they have been reading? Did they read all of Genesis, all of Exodus, all of Leviticus, all of Numbers, all of Deuteronomy, because it says they were there from morning till lunchtime, doesn't it? Helen? Yeah, I, I'd like to come back to what Ken just read, if yes, you don't mind. Sure. Mm. Um, what hit me was the in verse 1, I think it was, all the people assembled with a unified purpose. Mm. And I thought that was really important. And the unified purpose was that they asked Ezra yes. to read. You know, they felt this, this compulsion. They were all unified in it. Mm. We need to hear from the, the, the word. And as to your question... Did they read all the books? Well, we weren't there. We don't really no, know. We it. <laughs> and it is possible it was five to seven hours or something. We don't know how, fa how fast they read either. But if they didn't read it all, I'm sure that God prompted them to read the most important parts. Mm. Mm. Yeah. The reason I asked that question is because in verse 8, later on, which many people consider to be a key um, part of our Bible study, it says, so they read diligently from the book in the law of God and they gave the sense and helped them to understand. Now, the suggestion would be what? Well, the passages, the if, book if of the law of God. If you just read it straight through, yes. obviously you're not going to no. get the sense or and, the and purpose of it all. You're quite right um, there, Brent, and I, I picked <clears> that up as well. The fact is that they were reading, but they were also being, it was explained. I think it was at the yes. Levites that they were doing yeah. the explaining, yeah. whereas those wonderful names that again read out, they were doing the reading <laughs> with Ezra. So, yeah, you're quite right. Mm. It, they would have taken time to explain it. Mm. in a simplified manner yeah. so that people would understand. Mm. And that's also important, you know, making sense of it. Mm. It is. I think Ken's caught his breath now, now that he's finished all yeah. those names. <laughs> Ken, did you have a comment for yeah, us? Yeah, uh, maybe jumping the gun slightly here, but the other <coughs> thing uh, we have to remember is that these people were in bondage. They're from Babylon, and many of them had lost the language. So yes. I believe that yes. they're, they're reading, they're taking time to go through this to try to uh, reinstate what these books were all about and what the law of God was about. Mm, thank you. That's a good point. One of the points that we need to recognize is that these people had come from the Persian Empire. They had returned to Judah. They probably spoke Aramaic. Yes. The book of the law and the regulations of the Pentateuch were written in Hebrew. Therefore, it may have been necessary for those who didn't understand Hebrew for the Levites to not only explain to them what it said, but how it applied. Yes. Uh, for those who already understood Hebrew, it wouldn't have been a problem. So 
taking all of those things together, five to seven hours would go pretty quickly, wouldn't it, Nick? Th that's true. When um, is, it was mentioned about the, the law in particular, now in uh, all those uh, five books, you know, you can pick up uh, passages which uh, talk uh, about the law in particular and there are, there are some other things with the, the fill-in to say so, you know, like, I mean, probably even the names or other things yes. or the genealogy yes. or other things may be missed out, but they were concentrating on, uh, on the law and I think that's, this mm. gives us a good hint mm. uh, what so they what were... what law were they concentrating on? Good question, yeah. Helen. Uh, well, what do you think, Helen? I, I mm. believe there was a combination. They had the ceremonial laws, but they also had the moral law, which is the Ten, Ten Commandments. Commandments. Yes. Mm. One of the things they would have read uh, for our listeners' uh, benefit is Deuteronomy 28, which, as we know, and we haven't got time to read it through, uh, consists of blessings and cursings. Yes. In other words, if they were faithful to God, he said he would make them ab above all nations. Everything they did and everything they touched, even the fruit of their womb, mm -hmm. uh, would be um, beneficial. Yeah. But the rest of the chapter deals with the cursings that would come upon them if they weren't faithful to God. Nick? Mm. Yeah, it was just um, coming back to what Helen was asking, which law were they uh, talking about? I believe, you know, the Jewish people, even today, they are very meticulous in, uh, you know, in following some of the uh, law and festivals and uh, ceremonials. Yes. But just uh, think of this. Even in those days, the reason why they were taken into captivity, uh, because they were neglecting the Ten Commandments, particularly, where he, he, they started to worship other gods, which in mm. the in the, mm. one of the commandments says not to have any other gods before you, you know, yes, and worship yes, them. Yes. Um, I think the Ten Commandments and the law which was given to Moses on the Mount of Sinai, in many aspects, were trashed down, if you like, by the Jewish people. And probably that was needed to be brought back to their attention yes. and emphasized yes. on that. Yes. But that's no different than today, is it? It, is, it isn't, is it? Yeah. Now, what would they have learned from hearing their history being recounted to them? What would they have learned? What would they well, have recognized and what would they have been ashamed of? Well, because I, later on it tells us, doesn't it, that yes. the people wept. Yes. I, I think, Brenton, that they, they would have uh, been uh, told about the history uh, perhaps maybe of their uh, their parents, maybe I'm not sure what generations were in here, but the history of the people and how originally they were in a good land, they were blessed of the Lord and things were going pretty good for them. And then they would have realized perhaps, looked at where they are today and thinking, my goodness me, yes. we've gone full circle from from goodness to, well, I won't say badness, but certainly not not a pleasant life. And I think this is one of the reasons that they really began to deeply think about what was actually had happened and where they were and this is the reason I think they, they began to weep and realise that they totally lost the Lord in their lives. Ken, that is a very good point because when you go to the book of Ezra and we haven't got time to look at that this morning Nick but uh, in the book of Ezra when they laid the foundations of the temple it says that the old people who had remembered Solomon's temple wept. Yes. And uh, there was such a noise, it says, that those outside of the city could hear this noise. They couldn't tell whether it was a good noise or a bad noise. Uh, the younger ones, the younger generation coming through, hadn't seen Solomon's temple. So to them, having the foundations for a new temple erected was a time of joy for those who knew what the previous one was like and compared this 
Mm. Pretty plain, pretty ordinary temple compared with Solomon's temple. It was a time of mourning. What you get here in chapter 8 is pretty much the same, where the book of the law is read and um, the people are weeping because yeah. of that. Helen, you, you had a yeah. comment. When you first read that and you hear that, oh, they wept, and, you, and yes, you think, what were they weeping about? But in, in thinking about that, I, I believe, like Ken, they had got to the point when it was shown them, they realised that they were so far away from obeying it that it struck a chord in their heart. Yeah. Uh, and I can relate to that because I know when I first came to know the Lord and, and his word, and I was baptised, and I tell people this now because when I was baptised, nobody told me that, that that's when Satan would attack the hardest. And, oh, Helen, uh, they should have. They should have. I would have told you yes. if I baptised you <laughs> yes, because, because I tell everybody I baptised. Yeah, and, and look, in studies I do <laughs> the, the same. But, you know, <laughs> I, I remember when Jesus went into the, you know, was baptised, he went to the wilderness, mm. and that was his, his big temptations. So, sadly, I gave in to some of those temptations. And I got to the point where one day God actually showed me completely. I could trust in him. He will mm. forgive me yes. and come back to him. And I remember my first love. And I literally wept nearly all night so I can relate I want to cry now <laughs> I can relate Ellen, to that's that wonderful. you know yeah. it really yeah. touches your yeah. heart yeah. Yeah. I was only talking uh, today, uh, the other day to a woman that I baptised in Mount Gambia recently I rang her the other day just to find out how she was going I ring her every week yeah. and she said to me she said you know what you said about the kitchen sink and I said, I said that once you were baptised and had chosen to follow the Lord the devil will throw the kitchen sink at you. <laughs> and I said, I then added the crockery, the cutlery and the pots and pans. Mm -hmm. She said, you're right. <laughs> That's yes. exactly what's happened. Nick? Just to come back to the um, situation there where uh, people were uh, gathered together and uh, the law was read uh, before them yes. and they were starting to cry. You know, to, Not uh, just cry, they uh, were the, weeping. The weep, yeah, yeah. Weeping. Uh, but what I'm trying to think here is that these people are just um, after the completion of the rebuilding of uh, yes. the walls of Jerusalem, yes, and they have been completed correctly. Yes. And they they could see some sort of achievement, even though yes. everything was against them. Good point. And um, the people who were uh, surrounding them, they mocked them, they even uh, threatened them, you know, with all sorts of things. Uh, but they pursued, you know, into into the their commission, you know, to, to determine, to rebuild uh, uh, Jerusalem. And they could have seen that happen. And imagine that satisfaction and the joy. Mm. And now, most important, to really give thanks to God, to worship God. And this was a time of worship. Yes. When they gathered together and the word of God was uh, read before them, and they are starting to experience a spiritual, uh, yes. uh, you know, revival. Now, that wouldn't happen in my opinion, if during those years when they were with one hand building, you know, defending themselves and wouldn't happen this time if Ezra, the faithful yes. servant of God, had, would, not been explained. had not been explained uh, step by step, a little bit here, a little bit there, yes. uh, the importance of coming back to God, yeah. not walking away from him and being in, in Babylon or in yeah. whatever, in a foreign land. Yeah. And I think this was crucial. And I would like to just uh, um, make an application that today, that's why we are here today, even doing these uh, uh, broadcasts, yes. to remind ourselves and remind people 
our greatest need to yes. come to know God Amen. and and to yes. to bring ourselves closer to yes. to God. Yeah. Mm. Helen, you. Yes, when we started the study on the book of Nehemiah, I remember where we read how how Nehemiah broke down and wept. Yes. Remember that, we and we talked about that that phrase, you know, mm. the weeping that it was a burning in his heart, yes. and it wasn't just a weeping; it was like a sobbing. Yeah. And I, I was interested to hear what Nick just said about, you know, the spirit was moving. May I just share another little testimony sure. here? I was go, doing some training and, um, and in the word of God. And one of our dear pastors, he came and he took a worship. And I remember there was quite a number of people in that room. And I remember as he was talking... I started to sob and it wasn't just a little bit of cry mm. no one could mm. I was literally in the yes. room amongst all yes. these people sobbing and I turned to my friend I said what is happening you know and she said I think the spirit's touching you yes. and I had not experienced it to that yes. point and I was sobbing from the depth of my heart now it went on until he he just about finished and I was quite embarrassed mm. so mm. I pulled myself together and she walked out I shook his hand I said thank you for that's as far as I got and I put my head on his shoulder and sobbed and sobbed and <laughs> sobbed and he said the spirit has just yes. moved and yes. I tell you I couldn't stop sobbing if I wanted to sure. but it was a revelation to me yes. and I see that similar here yeah. Mm. Yeah. can someone read verse 6 for us please of chapter 8 uh, Helen perhaps you could read yeah, that yeah I've got it us, here please. in the New Living Translation um, there's certain things here that we need to draw out a little bit as we move on with our study mm-hmm. mm. verse 6 mm. then Ezra praised the Lord the great God and all the people chanted Amen Amen as they lifted their hands and then they bowed down and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground do you find that significant as far as worship goes oh I find it extremely what does Ezra but that doesn't mean that we all raise our hands and lie on the no, floor. That's no, not no, what it's, it's, it's meaning. Not, no. It's meaning the depth of what they yes. felt yes. Is, is what I yes. feel. Mm. And the amen is, you know, it's, it's an affirmation. Mm. You know, What's so the first he, thing, though, that Ezra does, guys? He praised the Lord. You're Says talking about blessed, that one? Yeah, he yeah, blessed, blessed the Lord or praised yes, the Lord. Yes. Mm. Now, yes. how often um, it's very, very easy to present a sermon pointing out people's faults and failures and how we're all sinners. It's very easy to do that. But do we start by blessing the Lord, blessing him for his holiness, mm. blessing him for his grace that he has poured out upon us? Because if you if you share people's shortcomings and sins with them, it just makes them more hopeless, more yes. despondent and more despairing. You have to share with them that God's grace is above and beyond anything that they have done or ever will do if they accept it mm, I think and I think this is uh, I'm getting the sense here that he starts by blessing the Lord yes. for probably a number of things number one brought them back from Babylon number two as Nick said the wall has been rebuilt number three uh, the temple is up and ready to go and now they're reading the law of God which are God's rules for happy living yes. God's rules for being a light to those around about them, despite the opposition that they're facing. Nick, I think you had a comment. Yeah, I was just going to just pick <coughs> up on what uh, Helen was uh, was saying a bit earlier, because we can be in a situation, in similar situations, you know, when people will worship God in various styles, you know, and we may have opinions about one or the other. And it is in that you, uh, Helen, uh, mentioned about, you know, throwing hands in the air and do things like that. And I just Remember, uh, uh, you know, in the Bible, somewhere in the Bible, and help me with that text if uh, if you'll know it, it says, lift clean hands, yes. you know, uh, towards heaven. What that means when it says clean hands means that 
your entire being, you know, has been touched, you know, yes. and you are, um, if you like, uh, worshiping God with everything in yourself. But the differences when, and I agree with what you just said, Helen, that uh, unfortunately these days it's a bit of a fashion, if you like, uh, in churches, you know, just to throw hands in the air and do all yes. the moves and be, and sometimes may not be clean hands. No, I'm not judgmental here, mm -hmm. but it can be sometimes just a peer pressure, you know, mm -hmm. just to do something because everyone else is doing that. But when you lift up your hands, there needs to be something happening in your heart. That's a very Nick, good point. Nick, that's a very Nick. good point. Yeah. I think yeah. sometimes it becomes almost tradition to lift the hands up, whereas yeah. here, what's happened is they've heard their history, they've heard the blessings and the cursings, they've heard what God requires of them. I think it's a spontaneous mm. uh, reaction mm. to what has mm. actually mm. happened here. Ken, did you have a thought on this? Yeah, uh, funny enough, I, I was just thinking about that, uh, about all the people uh, lifting their hands and bowing down and, and all basically being as one accord. Now again, uh, in my mind it comes back to the fact these people are, have just been in captivity, captivity. for, captivity for many day, years yeah. and I'm <laughs> guessing, look I could be totally wrong, but I'm guessing that for many of them their heart was very far from the Lord and this Probably. day, uh, or perhaps even uh, you know, some months before, but certainly this day, I believe that the, the Holy Spirit had opened their hearts and their eyes to what was actually happening. Yes, mm. thank you, Ken. That's a very good point. Can I just make a point? Yes, yes just you very may. quickly, yeah. if you look at the, the prayers of Nehemiah, and there are several prayers that he did put forward, he always started off with praising God. Yes, that, was, yes. that, that, was that, that is a good did. point. Yeah. All right, let's have a look at verses 9 to 12. Uh, of this section because that's primarily where our studies taken from then we're going to for the listeners benefit and for ourselves we're going to make some applications in 2019 in other words what relevance does god's law have today in 2019 in our christian life and our walk of the lord so could someone read verse 9 to 12 helen perhaps you could read those for me yes please. happy to do that nine including verse 12 mm. yes thank probably you. probably up to and including verse 12 would okay. do helen. i'm reading yes. from the new thank living you. translation mm. it says then nehemiah the governor ezra the priest and scribe and the levites who were interpreting for the people said to them don't mourn or weep on such a day as this, for today is a sacred day before the Lord your God. For the people had all been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. And Nehemiah continued, Go and celebrate with a feast of rich foods and sweet drinks and share gifts of food with people who have no nothing prepared. This is a sacred day before our Lord. Don't be dejected and sad, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. I just love that. That's the joy of the Lord is your strength. And the Levites, too, quieted the people, telling them, Hush, don't weep, for this is a sacred day. So the people went away to eat and drink at a, as a, festive, at a festive meal, to share gifts of food and to celebrate with great joy because they had heard God's words and understood them. Thank you, Helen. There's an awful lot in those four verses. I had somebody I? use this against the health message I was sharing <laughs> yeah. once. Yeah, because yeah, it says, you know, <laughs> celebrate with a feast of rich foods and right. sweet drinks. And I said, well, that doesn't necessarily mean you have it all with sugar and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> mm, yes, yes. yes. That, that's, that's quite a wide application, yes. but nevertheless, yes. <laughs> an mm. application. Let's, ha let's have a look at this in detail and start to pull it apart a little bit. Um, we have discussed just briefly why they were weeping with... Um, Let's just recap. Why were they weeping? Name me some of the reasons why they were weeping. Was it just their unfaithfulness, do you think, to God? 
or do you think it was more than that? Uh, first of all, I believe that that was also uh, a time of excitement, as uh, we just mentioned about uh, after the completion rebuilding of the rebuilding wall. of the walls, mm -hmm. and that was really important, you know, to see that God led them up to that point. But the reason I'm trying to differentiate here in between what they were doing and what the leaders were telling them, don't weep. This is a day yes. of uh, rejoicing. Day of rejoicing. Day of, yes. Is because they may lament too much on themselves rather than to glorify God and to see how God was leading them. Yes. And probably at that time, and it can happen, it can happen in our lives when we look back in, our, in the past and we are all the time, let's say, sad or even depressed because how much wrong have we done in the mm -hmm. past? And it can be a big burden on, on us and it can say, oh, would God really forgive us or uh, receive us to him? It can be all sorts of reasons there, yes. there. But the most important thing is, I believe now with these verses, that these people, the leaders, they're trying to get their focus on the right direction. It's a time of celebration. Yes. It's a time of rejoicing that our God, the one who was from the beginning, who led us and our parents and ancestors, you know, in all those years, he's the same one today and he will take care of of you he will take care of us here in all aspects yes. of life yes um helen i'm very much agreeing but i think it's it goes a little deeper i think you know here the people had heard the word their spirits were moved uh they had seen how sinful they were and and i believe this was a time when they had gave their hearts back to god yes and Ezra and Nehemiah could see that. Is it a time and of recommitment? Yeah, a time of recommitment, revival, if you mm. like. Is that important and today? Absolutely, absolutely. Mm. And and then Nehemiah is saying, well, you know, don't don't mourn. You know, look at how God's led in the past. Look how He's led you. He's kept take care of you. He's provided, and He will forgive. Let's rejoice in God's blessing. What I'm thinking, because I don't want to be caught into that sort of. Um, feeling, you know, just uh, how I feel for the moment. I believe it was a gradual oh, yes. build up yes. in their lives, as I mentioned a bit earlier, when uh, Ezra was yes. teaching these people for, for a number of years, yeah. and they were now coming to this, I believe that, let's put it in different words, I don't believe in, in just that occasion or in that day when they gather together, they were just suddenly no. realized and no, they no, give no. their hearts to God. I believe they gave yes. their hearts to God before. Gradual process. Yes, yes because mm. that's why they ask, interesting, they ask, yes. they ask uh, uh, Nehemiah and the leaders uh, to come Yes. And uh, and yes. read the law, read the law to us, to yes. us, you know, and explain it. Explain it. Mm. I believe it was very, very important. And this, this is the connection yes. where, where we Absolutely. can where we can connect. Mm. That they were saying, okay, now stop yes. sobering, you know, uh, stop doing that. Rejoice now. Let's get this in our uh, minds and our yes. hearts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. what the Lord is going yeah. to teach us. There's it's a no wonder we're all on the same page. Yeah. Thank I, you. I think there's a sense yes. of exuberance amongst yes. our panels. It's good. <laughs> you, you were, your yeah, hand was shooting I, up. I just wanted to go back to what Nick was saying about the people mm. weeping and again uh, trying to put yourself in their shoes. I do believe the people had a heavy heart and I know sometimes myself I have a heavy heart. Sometimes things are uh, 
perhaps don't go the way uh, they should and uh, it, it gets you to that stage sometimes like Helen sometimes in church there, there's things said or certain hymns that's sung and the tears are running down my face yes. They're, yes. And, and I can't I cannot control these either because you see where God is and you see where you are and it seems yes. sometimes so far apart you think can I ever close this? Mm-hmm. You know, can, can we ever often, get closer to them? when you're feeling that, that's when God is closest to you. Yeah. Mm. It's hard for us to grasp, but often when we feel that God is a million miles away, so to speak, mm. usually when God is the closest to so you. True. Yeah, mm. and Ken, I'd like to just, just support what you just said, because mm. all of us will, uh, will experience uh, those, those things. But most important uh, for me, looking back even in my own experience, is that uh, uh, we don't need to wait for just uh, an occasion or something where uh, I will be sure. just hit in my face and uh, we need to build up slowly in when we can. We have this uh, privilege today mm. to know that if we build up yeah, and walk into the footsteps of Jesus, you know, every day, then it will be times when God will even shake us, if you like, you know, and they will say, okay, look, I'm, I'm here to really care about you and do uh, whatever it takes, you know, yeah. to get you uh, back on the family, you know, uh, family of, yes. of God. Yeah. Thanks, Nick. Um, I want to go back to verse 10, the second half of verse 10. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Now, one of the important things that... Um, when we have discussions on the Holy Spirit and the role of the Holy Spirit, one of the things we often tend to overlook is that the Holy Spirit produces joy in our hearts. It produces a joy that the world can't give. It produces a joy that sometimes you can't even explain to other people. But nevertheless, there is joy there. And really, Ezra and Nehemiah are saying to the people, stop weeping. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Now, this fits in. They would have also had, even though they were reading the law, remember by this stage they would have also had the Psalms. Think of some of the Psalms Mm -hmm. and the importance of the Psalms. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Psalm 46 and some of these other Psalms where God is referred to as a rock, as a refuge, as a hiding place, as a place of safety, a place of peace. Uh, All of these... um, Things would have been yes. gyrating in their minds, yes. I guess, as they were uh, listening to the reading of the law and uh, its application to them. There's an important point here before we move on, folk, I think, that we need to touch on. What were they told to do? They were told, first of all, not to weave. They were told to be joyful. But what did they also do? They gave portions. It says yes. they gave gifts. Now, mm. sh- surely part of worship is sharing. Mm. These these people went out and obviously shared with those less fortunate than themselves. God has been bountiful to us and mm. blessed us in 2019. Often we are called upon to help others. I wonder whether we do it willingly and with a glad heart like they did because mm. it seems as though they went home and they shared their, their food and possibly other things with the people uh, that hadn't perhaps heard the reading of the law. Now, this is the practical application, is it not, of obedience to God's law. Obedience to God's law surely should produce not just, as I think you said earlier, Nick, it's not just the regulation of the law, it's the spirit of the law. Obedience to God's law should produce a desire to bless others mm-hmm. and help others. Mm-hmm. Did anyone have a comment on that before we move on? Yeah, I was just thinking uh, about, the, as you said, about sharing, you know, and uh, bringing the yeah. gifts, you know, um, 
to each mm-hmm. other. Yes. Just keep in mind that we were talking about uh, last week and even before um, that there were a big concern uh, among uh, the Israelites, you know, because some of them were doing very well and some of them were suffering, you know. And I believe this is after they sorted out that thing, you know, and uh, Nehemiah was yes. uh, uh, instructing the people, you know, to... Um, <coughs> You know, to not to have taxes anymore, not to do this yes, and that, and yes, but to yes. uh, to try to to bridge that gap mm-hmm. in between them. And probably this was an experience right now. How mm. important it is to share with one another? Mm. You know, yes. and uh, it's a, as you, Brandon, mentioned, uh, sharing and gifts. It, it's it's a form. It's of, a form of, of worship. Of worship. Nick, yes. Can I, can I mention the text that said yeah. God loves sure. a cheerful, cheerful giver. giver? I think that's what you were alluding to before, mm. Brenton. A cheerful giver, mm. a giver cheerful you know, giver. that you, you you do it from a heart that is yes. is overflowing with love. Yeah. I'd like to also mention that the joy of the Lord. That's one of my favourite. Mm. One of my favourites it's it's because great, yeah, mm. it gives us strength to face the day to day struggles that we have, you know, and to handle what comes our way. If we remember, it's the joy of the Lord that is our strength. There's a very big difference between joy and happiness let me just mention that happiness is temporary it's fleeting Mm. joy stays in your heart and if you start the day by praising god and being joyful it really does give you strength to get through the day yeah i just wanted to come back again to what nick was saying about uh, christians doing good and i think one of the saddest things today is that there are so many people out there not not non-christian and when you talk to many of these people, they will often say, oh, Christians are only one day a week Christians. And this is so sad that I find that in churches, yes, everybody's good, uh, reasonably good on, on, on the Sabbath day. But when Monday to Saturday comes, they totally forget about the Lord and what we're really supposed to do. In other mm. words, you're saying their behaviour during the week is the same as everyone else around them. Absolutely. They put on a different set of clothes and a different mask for Sabbath. And I think this is one of the reasons perhaps why it's so difficult to get people out there today to listen to what God actually says, because as we all know, people don't so much listen to what you say, but they certainly look at what you do. Yes. In other words, they're very quick to pick a fake. Oh, absolutely. Yes, Helen. I, I just had another thought. When, but when <laughs> Ken mentioned the word listen, mm. if you go back and you start reading through Nehemiah again, you will come to the... In fact, I just noticed it there in verse 3. It says, all the people listen closely to the they book did. of the Lord. They, they listened did. closely. Yeah. I mm. think there's an application for us now. Mm. How many of us sometimes we might just, you know, skim over <laughs> or we read a text and we put it aside. I think there is room there that we need to listen and and to meditate on what it says, you know? And how does it apply to our yeah. life? Yeah. I think there's questions that we skim too much yeah. in, instead of... Yeah. I remember that um, Pastor Ivor Myers, <coughs> in, in the way that he studies, I learned from him, there. he says, look at it in five ways. He said, look at it and see what the literal application is. And he said, and then look and see how it affects you. You know, put yourself there. Mm. And he said, and then look at it about your church, but also look yes. at it about what Jesus is in there. Yes. And finally, look at it, what does it mean for the heaven 
you know, the kingdom. Yes. And since learning that, I mm. tell you what, some of these texts... That's very sound advice. They just jump yes. at yes. you. And yes. so, to me, mm. that's a very important thing. Right. Listen closely yeah. to the, the Word. Pr- the principle of that is important God. in my own private devotions yes. each morning. I've been studying through a book by the name of The Desire of Ages. I've been reading particularly the section that deal with Christ's um, sacrifice, his resurrection. Today I read a chapter entitled uh, Beside the Sea, taken from John chapter 21. And the all-important question that is asked in John 21 is Christ asking, Peter, do you love me more than these? Because I believe that any other principle for serving God other than love is not acceptable to God. Nick, Nick, you had a comment. Yeah, I would like to just, uh, again, pick up on that uh, point, uh, why uh, they were listening carefully. Yes. And I'm just thinking, what was the precursor, uh, mm. what uh, brought them to that stage? It was the experience which they had with God during this time after they came back uh, into into the Holy Land, to say yes. so. And I'm just trying to think of what uh, Ken was also sharing, that... We can be disappointed sometime by even going to church mm. that there is not that type of vibrancy, that type of, you know, the uh, walking with God and listen carefully to yeah. what God is, yeah. is teaching us. Yes. And many times it's just a form of worship. <coughs> you just going there for a few hours, um, you know, say hello to each other, see you next week and so on. Why is not that vibrant? Yes. Uh, experience with yes. God and listening yes. to what he's teaching yes. because we are not building up on uh, day by day mm. step by step mm. and looking back to yes. how God led us mm. that, that's a good point Nick uh, I, I'm sorry I'm smiling I'm thinking you know when next I preach which is this coming weekend I'd like to stand up in front and say now we're going to be here for the next five to seven hours and just watch what the reaction would be. Mm. I'm sure you it wouldn't be the same as this. Really quick. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, <laughs> um, what so I want right. to do now, yeah. folk, is so uh, right. is have a look. We've we've had a look at um, what Nehemiah and Ezra did in reading the law, how they applied it, and the people's response. Mm-hmm. What I want to do is actually now develop this theme a little bit more to how does this apply in 2019. I want to have a look at how another king responded when the law was read to him. So we're turning to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 36, verses 1 to 3. Ken, could you read those? And then I want Helen to read his response in chapter, in verse 21 to 24. Okay. And it came to pass in the fourth year of Jerichim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, that this word came on to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Take thee a roll of a book, and write therein all the words that I have spoken unto thee against Israel, and against Judah, and against all the nations from the day I spake unto thee, from the days of Josiah even unto this day. It may be that the house of Judah will hear all the evil which I propose to do unto them, that they may return every man from his evil way, that I may forgive their iniquity and their sin. All right, what do we learn from those three verses that Ken has read at this particular point in time? This message comes directly from God to Jeremiah, and Jeremiah is instructed to do what? 
Well, he's he's instructed to uh, take a book and uh, read everything that the Lord has written in it that the people have done wrong against the Lord. What would this have been? Would this not have been similar to the reading of the law? Mm. The blessings and the cursings? Mm -hmm. Wouldn't it have been a restatement of all of this? But we learned something here about... um, about God's wonderful love. What do we learn about uh, looking at uh, God's love there? Because there are people today who talk about predestination and how God had said way back then that they were going to go into captivity or whatever. But if you read verse 3, it mm. puts a slightly different intention on it. Helen, can you restate that one? Ken's read it. Yeah. Can you perhaps share with us in another In verse um, 3, New Living Translation. Yes. It says, Perhaps the people of Judah will repent when they hear again all the terrible things I have planned for them. Then I will be able to forgive their sins and wrongdoings. That again comes back to your blessings and your blessings and cursings. And Mm. I don't believe for a moment that God is saying, if he was arbitrary saying, if you don't follow this, I'm going to do that. I believe what he was saying is if you follow this, you will be blessed. If you decide to go with the curses, that's your choice, but I will pull back my blessing and you will reap what you sow. Yes. That's the way. That's 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 a very good way of putting it. The way that I look at it. I think there's two amazing things. There's many amazing things, but two things in particular about God. One is he is always chasing people in one way or another to try to get their attention. I'm talking about non-Christians. That's a good But point. he's always chasing mm. them from a very early age until the grave to try and get his attention. But secondly, he's also telling people that he always wants to forgive them their sins. It's not one of these things. I've, I've, I've got a written. Uh, I've written all your sins down, and I'm not going to forget these. No, that's not what God says. God says these are sins you have committed, but I want to forgive you these sins, and I think that's an important point. Mm. Ken, that is important. Nick, did you have a comment? Yeah, well, just. Uh, I mean, I was probably going a little bit different than uh, in in terms of what I was going to say uh, about the law of God, because we mentioned quite a few times today about the law, and uh, Christendom today are just. Uh, uh, how to say, rejecting the law because it's only yes. about grace, you know. And we, yeah, we'll, um, we'll, um, sorry if I'm jumping the gun no, uh, no, no, here, no, but no, what no. I'm trying to say is that uh, the grace of God was shown when the law is given yes. to his people. Not only as we may think that uh, the grace is just coming, uh, you know, um, when Jesus died for us and we are saved through, uh, which is so true, you know, we said only through the blood of Jesus Christ, and that's God's grace. But grace was manifested way back, mm. if you like, even in the Garden of Eden. Yes, well. That where grace was manifested, which means all these instructions and regulation and laws which we are talking about were in our favor. Mm. If we are, um, you know, looking into the uh, meaning of these uh, uh, laws and whatever it is, I mean, let's talk a little bit just mm. for, for the moral law, the Ten Commandments. That's an amazing uh, piece of uh, yes. uh, of love from God, you know, and, and yes. grace from God into yes. that law. How yes. can we reject that law and say that it's done away with? Mm. 
I, I think coming on to what you were saying too there, um, Nick, you said that people today are rejecting or ignoring. I think a lot of it is because people have become very complacent mm. and insensitive anything. And, and this actually shows us even when in the text that we've read how God is saying, now listen, I don't need to draw your attention to this. You were given this way back then, but you've forgotten or you become complacent. And I see today a lot of people are very complacent about the law. It doesn't really matter, you know. Mm. Mm. But when you get into it and you realize the law is the character of God and yes. we want to be like him, yeah. the law, every one of those laws, the Ten Commandments, are very very important and I believe today God is bringing us to this study for that one of those reasons to say hey you guys have forgotten about this Mm. now God wants this to go out and be heard and maybe the people just don't understand Uh, maybe they don't but I want to draw our attention to the response of Jehoiakim uh, which Helen is going to read to us from verse 21 to 24 because Jehoiakim was the son of Josiah who was one of the best kings that Judah ever had Mm. and here you find his son's response and I'm wondering as as Helen shares this with us whether it's uh, perhaps uh, has an application in 2019 Mm. to our current generation what does it say Okay, verse 21 to 24 New Living Translation the king sent Jehudi to get the scroll Jehudi brought it from Elishamah's room and read it to the king as all his officials stood by it was late autumn and the king was in a winterized part of the palace sitting in front of a fire to keep warm each time Jehudi finished reading three or four columns the king took a knife and cut off that section of the scroll he then threw it into the fire section by section until the whole scroll was burned up. In verse 24? Yes, that needs to be applied as well. Yes, neither the king nor his attendants showed any signs of fear or repentance at what they heard. In fact, I think there was only about three leaders that protested to this act. Yes. And it shows you how complacent they were and insensitive. It does. And what is the application in Revelation uh, when we go to Revelation, which we're not studying today, (laughs) when we talk about God's outpouring of wrath in the seven plagues, it says they cursed God and repented not of their yes, sins. Yes. In other words, they've reached the point of no return. Yes. This is why the reading of the law, the application of the law and obedience to the law is so important. Yeah. It's so important because it is dishonouring God to say that his law is no longer applicable or that only certain parts of it apply. And isn't it sad that only three leaders stood up? Yes. Out of all that, those people, only yeah. three said this is wrong. Mm. I don't know if any of you have seen on YouTube, there has been a thing coming from a school in Africa. Did any of you see that? No. Where this um, matric student, um, he actually did artwork. And when you see it, I mean, I agreed with the guy that was standing up. To me, it seemed very much like blasphemy. You know, he had Christ in the form of a clown, and you know, he had they, the the he was a wonderful artist. Don't get me wrong, but he had he had like a, a demon with horns, and he had the Bible torn up in pieces and what have you. Now, your first reaction would be, "Whoa, this is complete blasphemy." The student has now replied and said he wasn't blaspheming. He what he wanted to show was where we are today. 
in which case he did it pretty thoroughly. Oh, he did. He did. Yeah. Because, I mean, I was horrified when I saw yes. it. And then you listen to him. I'm not yeah. sure it really justified the whole thing, but, yes. you know, you can oh, see, yeah. and he saw it through the eyes of the people, yeah. that mm. they had really put the Bible down, you yeah. know, down in the mm. gratitude, if you like, yeah. and trampled on it, and all this evilness was here. Yeah. And I thought to myself, I said, that actually hits it right, yes, you know, it on the nail. It, it was interesting. Ken, you... Yeah, I just wanted to add something here, and this is going to probably put a bit of extra coal on the fire, shall we say, but we're we're talking about people uh, not respecting or not listening to the law of God. And again, it tells the New Testament that the people of today, they will find leaders who will tell them words that they want to hear and not the truth. So many people go to church today and they listen to the people at the front speaking, and if the people at the front are not telling them the truth, uh, perhaps they people sitting in the, the seats don't know the truth and they assume, well, this is the way it is, and in actual fact, it's totally wrong. One of the problems, I believe, Ken, uh, with modern uh, society is that we are not great readers. Social <laughs> media has destroyed, to a large degree, um, the ability to read, the ability to, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I just can't think of it, to be able to think constructively and to be able to spend quiet time. The average Australian today, I would suggest, doesn't know what quiet time is. You see people walking to the bus stop. They're busy texting. Um, they're standing at the bus stop. They're busy texting or they're looking at this or they're looking at that. I wonder what would happen if we took all their mobile phones away from, from a day and said, now, just stop and think. Just spend a bit of time reflecting on your life, where the direction your life is going and all the rest of it. We are not taught to think. I still can't think of the word, but it's, it's, it's a form of um, critical analysis. I think that's what I'm thinking of. We are not taught to critically analyse things because there is so much happening. There's so much coming in on you, particularly on social media. It is an established fact these days that many young people get their moral standards from social media. They don't get them from their parents. Helen. Yeah, can I just add to that? Some of you know that I've just spent time on Kangaroo Island. Before I went, I was meditating on the text, Be Still and Know That I Am God. Yes. And I, I need that text very much in my life. I'm a workaholic and, you know, and I get enthusiastic, as you know, here. But I've been trying to concentrate mm. on that. And when I got over to Kangaroo Island, it was interesting. I very could different. not use my phone because I was out of range. Yes, so I had two weeks. <laughs> I could get into range at Kingscote or Pension but most of the time we were further away and it was really quite well it was quite enlightening actually the time that I had and I was able to sit and just relax and be quiet and I think that's one reason why I want to go back and live over there. Yes, but I think, you, I think you've hit the nail on the head there, um, Brenton you know it's, it's this all the time it's, yes. it's coming at us yes. from all directions yeah. What's what I believe is that uh, we are um, falling into a routine of just um, doing church, uh, have a, a form of uh, uh, godliness and uh, uh, forgetting that we are serving an awesome God, yes. a yes. Um, holy God, which uh, we may f put aside that thing. And you know what? In a modern society, we have that 
culture of bringing God to our labor. And it's true because God says, I'm your friend, you know, yes. but yeah. doesn't mean that we need to bring God, uh, as you just shared with that, with yes. um, all sorts of illustration and stories. God is still a, a holy God. And we need oh, to yeah. go back to the to his word, to his love letter, if you like, yes. to learn about who he is, yes. how he would like us to relate to him, mm-hmm. that he may yes. have a impact in yes. our life. Mm-hmm. And bringing us to that situation where the Israelites were, that they were weeping and they were sobbing there mm-hmm. because they were cut into their hearts. Yes. Today, again, probably this is the most important thing for today's lesson, to have a couple of applications mm. for ourselves today uh, and for all our listeners that we are not to just go to gatherings, to churches, just for uh, entertainment. We are going to go there to worship, to worship mm. God and in the way He likes Yes. to be worshipped, not in the way we feel like yes. we should worship yes. him. Yes. Yes. We've actually tried to make God into our image yes. rather than uh, us being in God's image, I think. Yeah. Ellen, you had a comment. Yeah, just a quick comment there. Mm. I was taught years ago, and I, I try and bear this out of my own life, and I think it's been a, a blessing very much. When you open your eyes and you start the day, the first person to talk to is God, not the phone. Yes. When you want to read something, the first thing you read is his love letter, not the newspaper. Yes. And and to me, that's putting God first. That's a priority. Yes. And um, I, I kind of I got a bit upset at one stage when I think, you know, people want me to do things mm. before I, mm. I have that, that time with you him. And I may have time later on as well. Yeah. But to me, that is crucial. Yes. We start the day with him. We talk with him through the day. Yes. It's not a once a week. It's not no. a couple of hours. It's it's all day, every yes. day. Focus. Get some object lessons from what you're doing yes. through the day. Yes. Live daily. Yes. Die daily. Yes. And have a joyful yes. life. Okay. I want to share with uh, our listeners a verse from Second Timothy 4, verses 1 to 3. I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing, and his kingdom preach the word what's the word the word of god mm. preach the word be ready in season and out of season convince rebuke exhort with all long suffering and teaching for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine but according to their own desires because they have itching ears they will heap up for themselves teachers and they will turn away their ears from the truth and be turned aside to fables. Now, Jehoiakim, I would suggest to you, is the first postmodern person mentioned in the Bible. He didn't want to hear, didn't want to know. Mm. He, it says that even after all of this had been read and he'd cut the whole scroll up and thrown it in the fire, there was not the least sign of repentance, not the least sign of tearing of clothes, of mourning, or anything like that. God, I believe, is appealing in 2019 to ourselves as a panel and also our listeners. He's saying, time's up. You need to get ready because I'm coming very soon. Yes, and uh, one day, very soon, we will have said what is mentioned in the book of Revelation. He that is filthy, let him be filthy still. He that is holy, let him be holy still. He that is righteous, let him be righteous still. They're the things that uh, we need to be sharing with our society today, don't you? Mm. Mm, we need to be there warning uh, yeah. Brenton I think one of the interesting things about that and one of the very 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 sad things I believe in the world today there are so many people who are absolutely convinced 
that when they die or when the Lord comes back, they're going to heaven. Yes. And unfortunately, right. they're going to find out there will no, there will not be any heaven for them. Mm. That that is tragic, Nick. And just in preaching the word, because it's uh, very interesting how uh, Eve, where you read uh, Brenton that in the end it says that the preaching the word is preaching the truth. Yes. Because uh, too many times um, today there is preaching there, and everyone uh, uh, pretend that's preaching the word of God, but is it? the truth mm. or yes. is just some uh, some of your own uh, understanding about yes. that and when you preach the word you need to preach the truth yes. and God reveals that truth in his word and the only way you can do that is before you open his word is to pray for the Holy Spirit yes. to give yes. you the Indeed. truth and the understanding because That's critical. all truth is yeah. found in Jesus Christ Absolutely. and we should present that Absolutely. I think there's, a, there's an imperative here for us that in our churches regardless of which church our listeners attend or we attend mm. It's imperative that God's word is presented. If anything else is presented, you're getting what I call uh, McDonald's fast takeaways. A couple of chips, a couple of onion rings, and on your way. And you'll um, get indigestion. It, it, it keeps you, um, mm -hmm. it takes away a little bit of your hunger, but the real hunger that you've got is not being supplied. Ken's starting to laugh. Is that a fair description, yeah, that, that, Ken? That's an excellent way, I Brendan, call to McDonald's put that. fast takeaways. So, so true. Absolutely, so true today. Haven't got too much time left, no, but uh, time sti is nearly up. Nick. But still, still, uh, I would like to maybe bring it um, a little bit uh, together. And probably one of the most important thing today was also to understand that we should uh, experience the joy of the Lord in our lives, in yes. our hearts, and how that can be experienced. If anyone will have uh, something to share in that regard, you know, the joy of the Lord, mm. what that will be for uh, for us, just before, uh, before we close. That's, that's maybe. very good. Uh, Helen, there is a little statement um, that starts, none but those who have fortified their minds. I wondered if you could share that with us and then we will have prayer. Yes, mm. yes. Close our study for today. Yes, I will. Can I just make mention, following sure. on from what you were saying, all sinners, or all sins make us sinners. The Bible is clear, isn't that, mm. about that? True. All of us are sinners. And all sin cuts us off from a holy God. It separates us. Yes. And all sins lead to death. Yes. However, God has made a provision for that. And we can, through the blood of Christ, be forgiven. Yes. That's where the joy of the Lord comes yeah, in. That's does. where the strength mm. is. Let me just read this. It says, None but those who have fortified their minds with the truths of the Bible will stand through the last great conflict. To every soul will come the searching test. Shall I obey God rather than men? The decisive hour is even now at hand. Are, are our feet planted on the rock of God's immutable word? Are we prepared to stand firm in defense of the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus? I hope that each one of us has answered yes mm. to that, that we will stand firm. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Thank you. Loving Heavenly Father, what a, what a study, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for blessing us so much. Thank you for sharing with us Nehemiah and Ezra, the leaders. Thank you, Father, for seeing the response of the people. And I pray, too, that as people have listened to the study, that the Holy Spirit has touched hearts in a mighty way and that they can see that even though they're far away from God right at this moment, far away from you, that they can come back just as we saw the Israelites do. Father, we know that you will forgive. 1 John 
one nine tells us that if we will confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Father, I just pray that that will happen today in someone's life of someone who is listening. And I pray too for each of the panel here that as we go from this today, that we will bring honour and glory and praise to you in our everyday activities, what we say, what we do and where we go. I pray in the blessed name of Jesus. Mm. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much, uh, panel. Uh, it was a very interesting uh, topic today and a good discussion. My dear friend, if you are uh, listening uh, to these programs and you are uh, impressed uh, with what we're sharing, uh, please don't hesitate to contact us and to learn more. We will be able to connect and do further Bible study if that's uh, a need for you. Uh, also, you may feel like you know, sometimes lonely, not being part of a family as we learn today that uh, they come all together as one before the Lord. Um, God has a family and uh, that family is the one who really consider his word, the truth of his uh, love letter. May God bless you and uh, until next time, all the best. <laughs> 